talk a little bit out of Judges, uh, the seventh chapter. That's right before the book of Ruth, right after Joshua. Does that help? Yes. If not, it's on page 237 in my Bible. Gideon and how Gideon was called to go to war. But I said, you know, what was amazing is that Gideon wanted to prove God ahead of this before he went. And I told him about, uh, he said, listen, if I put the fleece of the wool in the floor, I want you to put dew on the fleece, but not on the ground. Now, he thought he was asking a hard thing. But the next morning, the fleece was wet and the ground was dry. Said he wrung out a cup of water, a bowl of water, I believe it was. A bowl of water. So I don't know what he's thinking after that. So he said, okay, Lord, one more thing. I'm going to lay it out there again. I, I want the fleece to be dry and the, all the ground wet. We got up the next morning, the fleece was dry and the ground was wet. So he done made up his mind. What's it going to take for us, like Phyllis said, is to, to look at God and do what God wants us to do. In Sunday school, we had that, a challenge. That was a challenge. And what will you do with God? What will you do with Him in your life? Will you, will you apply Him to your life? Will you walk with Him throughout your, your walk? Will you lean on Him? Will you turn to Him? God is always there. I'm, I'm glad I can turn to Him at all times. Because I have turned to Him a lot. You know, he, he is my rock. I've always said he's my rock, my strength, my fortress. In Judges chapters, beginning with verse 7, or chapter 7, verse 2, tells the story of how Gideon was going to go to war and said that he had 35,000 men that he's going to take with him. And now there's a great war. This amazes me later on. I'll tell you, I'll just go on. Uh, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm not going to try to read all this to you, but is that they were going up against the Midianites, and the Amalekites, too, were with them. And it said in all of that east coast. Well, it said that they laid on the ground. They were like the grass, like grasshoppers for multitudes. Then this really blew me away, is that there were so many camels in number that they were as the sand of the seaside. So if there's that many camels, there had to be that many men. Now, this is what they were going up against. So he wanted to take the 35,000. God said, that's too many. That's too many for me to be able to prove myself to you. At least you would say that, look what we did. See, we always don't look at self. Don't do what self would want to do. Don't take the credit, but let God have the credit. So he told him, uh, that's too many. So they reduced down to, to uh, 22,000 of them went back. So it reduced down to 3,000. So now God told Gideon, go down to the to the lake there and or the river and go down there and I want you to go down there and I want them all to drink. But the ones that would go down and they got down on their hands and knees and leaned down to the water and drank right out of the water, they weren't paying attention to what's going on around them. I wonder how many of us sometimes have our head down and we're not paying attention to what the devil's trying to do to us. What he's trying to do in our life and in our family and different things. And even in our church, we need to pay attention to what's going on. And he said, those ones that got down on their hands and knees and drank, he said, they're not going to go. But the ones that would reach down and get the water like this and bring it up and drink, 
but yet they're still aware of what's going on around them. He said, those are the number that we're going to take to this war. So Gideon's probably hoping all of them would lap the water like this with their hand, but there was only 300. Now he's going up against this multitude. And, and I know God said, you go and I'm going to deliver them into your hand. But how many of you would think, this is crazy. Right, Toy? This is crazy. This great army and we're taking 300 men against them? I bet the men thought, boy, this is our day. We're going, to, we're going down. They weren't seeing the victory, but they, uh, Gideon kept encouraging them and said, you know, the Lord said they're going to, he's going to deliver them into our hand, so we need to go ahead. We need to see the victory, Amen. right? Don't look at defeat. We've got to look at the end result, the victory. So then uh, they went on to war. But here's what the Lord told them too. Don't take any swords. If you say, say what? <laughs> kind of like them telling you, go to war and not take a gun, you know? I mean, don't take, he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take some pitchers, glass pitchers. I want you to take a lamp, which uh, I've looked up some things. It's like a torch they had. And a trumpet. And you're going to go to war against them. 300 guys. With 300 trumpets and some torches and pitchers? I'd say, what is wrong with our country here? If, if we was going to war, that's what they told us to do. But see, what they had to do was trust God. And a lot of times, we got to trust God in a situation. There's no temptation has taken you, nor will, unless you give in to it. We have to rise above that. God has given us the strength and the power to rise against the enemy, to rebuke the enemy, and said he will flee from you. And we're going to find out that's what happens. So Gideon got them together and he divided them into three companies of 100. And he said, but the Lord said, told him to do something before this. He said, Gideon, I want you. And and he took another servant with him, just the two of them, to sneak down and to listen. How many of us listen before we react? How many of us are listening to God to direct our lives and not just go on our own? And I always tried to, God, you got, you got to show me what to do. you got to help me because I can't do it without you. Lord, I need to know what to do and what to say. And that's even before you preach or anything. God, I need you to speak, Lord, not me. I want them to see you, Lord, in the Word. The Word is God, right? The Word was Jesus. And I want him to see, I want you to see God in this Word and what he did powerfully in the Word. And so what he did was he, he, uh, Went down and he heard this man telling another man down there. He said, I had a dream last night. And he said, yeah, what was it? And so Gideon and this guy's listening. He said, I dreamed that there was a, a cake that rolled down the hill and it rolled into our camp. And it rolled into a tent and destroyed the tent. And he said, well, the other, he said, but I interpret it as that was a sort of Gideon coming against us. And that is, we're in, we're in danger. Now, with all these guys they have, they feel we're in danger. The Lord is with Gideon, but he's not with us. And so Gideon went back and he told them to take their trumpets, take their pitchers, and take their torch. And he said, we're going to go out and this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to, that'd be like taking one third over here, one third in the middle, and the third over here and say we're going against thousands, multitude. And he took them and placed them around the enemy. Wow, we need to surround the enemy with the presence of God, right? You better have the presence of God with you. He is your light. He is your light against the enemy. 
And, and your, your voice should be the trumpet for God and share the, world, share the gospel and get the message out. You are that trumpet. And we need to break the things off that are hindering us and lay them down. He told us to get rid of the things that so easily hinder us and put them aside. We can do that. We, we worry about some of the smallest things when they're just little things. And I told God one time, I want to preach on the little things of, you know, the little things that are going on. That God cares about every little thing about us. And so he told him, he says, I want you to do what I do. So this hundred, that hundred, and this hundred. But you wait for my lead. I want you to do what I do. And, and that's like pastor handing out those little books. I want you to do what I do. I want you to get, you know, hand these out to people and get the word of God into their hands. So what he did is first he had them break the pictures. Can you imagine all these uh, men hearing glass breaking all around them? 300 pictures. They broke them all. Can you, how many know have ever heard a waitress drop a glass in the restaurant? It gets everybody's attention, doesn't it? So you can imagine what all these 300 men breaking these pictures was getting the enemy's attention. Like what in the world's going on? And then he started blowing the trumpet. Start blowing the trumpet. So all of them start blowing their trumpet. They all had a trumpet. Can you imagine that? 300 bills around us blowing a trumpet. Could you imagine what that would sound like? You sound good, brother, but I can imagine that would be scary. All these trumpets blowing. And then, then they looked around and saw all the torches, all the lights. So I'm thinking it must be in at night or early in the morning. And they're seeing all these around them. So wouldn't you be a little confused and a little scared? No matter how many men you had with you, because they thought there was a great number of of uh, out there that was going to come and defeat them. So I love it because God says that he caused them to turn on each other and start killing each other. These men are sat out there blowing the trumpets and and holding the torch. And I believe every once in a while they'd have to lower their trumpet, laugh a little bit, you know, (laughs) watching them. Look at those guys. Isn't this cool? Look what God's doing. God's caused them to turn on each other and to kill on each other. And it said, then they fled. They took off. See, if you'll stand up to the enemy and you'll sound your trumpet, which is, is I tell him, devil, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. This is not going to happen. Now, I mean, he tries to get you to do things, to think things, to act on things. But we need to tell him, no, you need to get lost. I serve a living God and you, you're not going to turn me around. You know what? Your your uh, temptation is not going to overtake me. I'm stronger than that. I have the Holy Spirit in me. I have God in my life. And I'm able to rise above that and come against you. And God's faithful that it will stand behind me. And he'll be there with me. And he'll give me the strength to do that. And then he will make a way of escape for me. Because he said the enemy's going to flee. So I have a way of escape. And he'll do that in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with. I know we all deal with things. Everybody can't sit here and say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm the good one. I just don't deal with these things. That's not true. I, you, you're going to deal with something probably about every day because the enemy grow, is going to wax worse and worse, it says in the Bible, in the end days because his no, his time is getting short. And his time is getting short. And pray for the ones that don't know God because their time is getting short, too. And it's it's our prayers that are giving them time to accept the Lord, to you hear one more scripture. And I talk to my brothers and I talk to them, but, you know, it's like they have deaf ears and they don't hear what they say and they know. But 
boy, when they need prayer, they know who to call. And they'll go over and they'll say, pray for me. And so I'll go over and I'll pray with them. But I don't end there. I just talk to them then about their soul. So we sit there and weep together because I'm telling them about Jesus. And you need to get your heart right. You need to get your heart right. Can I share a little testimony? There was a lady in the hospital who had cancer. And I was asked to go see her, and I didn't know the lady. So I thought, okay, sure, I'll go see her. It was on a Sunday afternoon. I had to skip lunch and make this call. And I went and seen this lady, and I got to talk with her. And, of course, she was bald-headed because the cancer had taken her hair. And I talked to her for, for a little bit, found out that she went to school with my oldest brother. But then I asked her a very important question. I said, how is your soul with God right now? I want us all to look in ourselves and say, how is our soul with God right now? How are we living a life before God? We're a representation for God. So we've got to examine ourselves. And she began to cry. But then I heard the answer that we so normally hear. She says, well, my mom was a Sunday school teacher and way back then. And I, got, I said, no, no, no. That's all good. That's all good. But I want to know how your soul is with God right now. And that's very important. What would we do with God? How's your soul with him right now? And she began to cry harder. And I says, you know what you must do? You know, you, you can ask God to forgive you and he'll save you. You got saved a long time ago. You need to make your soul right now. So I prayed with her. And she gave her life to the Lord right there in the hospital. That was worth missing dinner. Amen. Amen. That's more satisfying than any steak. Yeah, and so she did that. Now, she had told me she lived with a guy for 30 years. Not married. Lived with a guy. And she says, I suppose you're going to tell me that's wrong. I said, no, I'm not. The Word will tell us it's wrong. The Word of God says it's not right. So when she got out of the hospital, I found out she would not go back to that home. But she went to live with her cousin. And then she died two weeks later. So I know that she was born again, that she meant it. When she said, Lord, forgive me of my sin and take this away from me. And God did that, that she would not go back to that house. And she died two weeks later and I got to do her funeral. So I could preach it with confidence that she was going to heaven. I, I witnessed a change. There's, see, it, born again is a change in your life. There has to be a change. Or, or there, there's no difference. Right? You have to be changed. And the Holy Spirit will change you. Let me tell you. Wow, will he change you. So Gideon, all these guys left. And I guess then there was more Israelites that joined him. And they chased him. And they fled. And, and it tells all the, all the towns that they fled to. I'm not going to attempt that. I'll just let you have to go read it. <laughs> I just say, yeah, that place or that guy. You know, some of the names. I thought, boy, I'm glad they didn't name me one of those names. <laughs> Try to tell people your name. And my name's hard enough as it is without having to tell them. But God is good. He was with them all the way. Are you listening to God? Gideon had to listen to God. That was the first thing he did. I want you to go down and listen. I want you to hear what's being said. And he did. Okay. So fear not. A situation is only a surrounding circumstance. We're going to face situations, but it's not an ending point. 
right? Some situations, this is what I thought about the 300 guys when they saw all they was going up against. Boy, are we in a situation here? You know, but God said, no, I'm going to deliver them into your hand. Listen, God said he's coming back to get you. So there's nothing to fear. There's no situation that's going to hold us back unless we give in to that situation. Because I'm going to be going with Jesus. I'm going to go with him. I'm looking forward to it. And so it takes some life changes sometimes. You've got to give up some friends. You've got to give up some things you used to do. And no longer do those things. You've got to be careful what you say and what you do. Because people's watching you all the time. And a cousin told me one time, she said, I've been watching you for 15 years. I said, oh my. <laughs> Did you keep a book? <laughs> and she says, one thing about it is you never change. And then they come to church for about a year. And then there were some other situations where they didn't want to give up some things. So they went back out of church. And, but I'm still praying for them that they come back. God is waiting to receive them. Jesus has already walked out of the tomb on the third day. He already defeated death. And at the day of his coming, the Lord, the dead in Christ will arise. And we will, be, we will remain, will be caught up to meet him in the air. Do you see the victory? Doesn't matter what we go through. Just keeping the faith. And the trumpet will sound. There's going to be a trumpet sounds. And I'm not going to flee from it. I'm going to go with them, right? When that trumpet sounds, it's not going to be for a long time. It's got to be a number of 300. It's going to be the trumpet of God, and you're going to hear it. And it's uh, hopefully we're all ready to go. If not, you're going to be left behind. Don't want to be left behind. I don't want to see the results. The man of the man of uh, the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Can you imagine what that's going to look like? What that's going to be like? You know what the glory does? The glory shines. The glory shines. It said no man has looked God in the face and lived. It's because of his glory. Moses saw his hindquarters, it said. And he had to wear a veil over his face so the people could look at him. Because that glory was on him. I like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54, 55, and then 57. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, do you got a situation? Give it to God. I told a friend of mine, he's a minister in the Church of God in Christ. And I told him, I said, this is what I want preached at my funeral. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your hold, your victory? Because you're not going to hold me down. They might see a body or something, but I'm out of here. Yeah. Right? you got to understand that that spirit is gone. And where's it going to go? A Jehovah Witness told me, I asked him, where's your spirit going to go? Because he said he wasn't going to heaven or something. He was going to live on earth or whatever. And I said, where's your spirit going to go? And he said, it just floats. I said, really? I says, um, do you have a Bible? And he said, yeah. I said, are you familiar with Luke chapter 16? With a poor man laid at the rich man's gate and begged food. And, and then when he died, it says that he went to the bosom of Abraham. And, and the rich man, he died and he went straight into hell. So I looked at the man. I said, do you, have, do you think he had any idea where his soul went, where his spirit went? 
And they just looked at me and then turned to each other and said, well, come on, we got to go. I said, well, think about it. Go home and read chapter 16 of Luke and see what happens. So they went on the way. As John Hagee had said, he said he had a witch in his office one time and he was talking to her. And she got up and stormed out of his office. He said, I lose more customers that way, he said. And we will lose too. But just remember, and I try to tell people, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. They're rejecting God. And and remember the first king when they wanted a king? That's what God told Samuel that they're not rejecting. He was mad. He was mad because God was their king. And he was mad that they wanted a king. And God said, Samuel, Samuel, come down. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And that's what will happen. I've got a little saying that I've got posted above my desk at home. And it reads like this. I will not allow any situation to be bigger than my faith in God's ability. If you know God's ability, you don't have to fear anything. Because we know what God can do, right? And what God's going to do. The enemy's going to be defeated. He's going to be cast into the lake of fire. Right? And I'm not going to go visit him. Right? He had his chance. He's jealous of us. This is why he fights so hard against us. Is he's jealous of us because he once had what we could have. But now he can't have it. And somebody told me, but I said, even the very elect can be deceived. And he goes, oh, they'll never deceive me. I said, you think not? He said, it's not possible. I goes, he deceived one third of the angels. So be aware. Be, be aware of your situation. Always be aware of what your life and going on around you. And, and warn the people that are not saved, that are on their way to hell. We've got to rescue them. We've got to cry out to them. Jeremiah said, behold, or Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? There's nothing too hard for God. With God, all things are possible. He opened the Red Sea for the Israelites to escape a situation. He made the Jericho walls fall down. He made the lame to walk and the blind to see. I want you to grab this now. Don't give up faith. He healed all diseases. In the scripture, when the people were there, it said he healed all the diseases. So I asked God one day, I said, why are we not seeing that now? What do we need to do? What, what is it, God, that we need to do? <laughs> and he told me the other day, you need to return to your first love. That really threw me back. I see you tell me that I need to return to my first love. So I've been asking him, what is it you want me to do? Do I need to fast more? I need to pray more. What do you want me to do, Lord? Just show me how. I, 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 man, I'm down all the time. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need your power. I told him I wanted to feel his power this morning. I want the people to feel your power because of the victory that's in the Word. And I, I don't know if you felt it, but I feel that. We don't always feel that when we're up here. You say, what? That's, that's true, but the Word is always anointed. When we speak the word, the word's what touches you. It's anointed. But I like feeling the presence of God when you're delivering it. And I do feel it. I ask him, let me feel it this morning, Lord. Let me be overwhelmed by your presence. Let us be overwhelmed by his presence. Because he is strong in the house. 
Isaiah 44:24 I am the Lord that makes all things that stretches forth the heavens alone that spreads abroad the earth by myself and he's told us this that he's coming back for the church are you part of the church we are the body of the church all Dan, this is Dan and Ellie. They're my friends. Long time friends. Their church is part of the church. The born again. And whoever's born again in here, you are part of God's church. And one day he's going to re- reach over and touch the sun and say, go get your church. Go get them. Ooh, I'm going to be running to the front of the line if there is a front of a line. And somebody says, well, I'm, I'm going to go before you. I said, no, you're not. Yeah, when he calls, baby, we're all going up. There's no left behind. Unless you're a little slower than me or you weigh more. I don't know. It has no bearing on it. We're going to go. Your spirit is gone. In Isaiah 46, 11. Now, this is, I took this about the word. God said this. I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. And I will also do it. I've asked people, people's asked me, is there time? Do I have time? Do I? I said, listen, is he going to send me to hell? I said, not if you're saved. But listen, the word is written. The word is written. There's going to be a judgment day. God can't change that now. It's written and his word does not fail. It doesn't fall. It doesn't change. It will be fulfilled. There will be a judgment day. And we got one or two places we can go. We either go down or we go up. So I wrote, get ready, be ready, and see a victory when Jesus comes. And we'll be part of that victory. We're out of here. Praise God.